Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn about different topics, people, organizations, and events. My name is Caleb Mason, and this is my co-host, Todd Hicksabaugh. Today, we're going to be learning about leading from the middle. Yeah, so Caleb got the chance to, to really have an interesting conversation with a friend of ours, um, and it was kind of funny. I wasn't able to be there that day. Um, I was sick. And so Caleb took the equipment, and he went and had this awesome uh, interview with, with Micah, where they just really talked about what it's like to be able to, to, to lead from the middle, what that really means. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be just listening in and hearing kind of how that conversation went and pulling out some key, some key truths that, that, that Caleb was able to, to get from Micah. Uh, it's going to be a really great interview, and I hope that everyone listening will, will be able to, to enjoy it. Micah Hasty is the associate campus pastor at the Dover campus of New Point Community Church, and his position really allows him um, really just an incredible opportunity to lead from the middle. So we're going to be learning from Micah today, and we're going to join that conversation right now. The reason why we're talking with Micah is because he is in the middle of leading from the middle right now. You have people above you who are on staff, and you also have a few people below you on staff as well. Sure. And so... The question we just want to start off with is this. What are the advantages and disadvantages of leading from the middle? You know, it's, it's a good question. Honestly, I don't know that I thought a whole lot about it um, until uh, just a little bit ago. Um, but recently, I had the, the opportunity. So as, as the associate campus pastor to kind of give a little bit of clarity where I sit in terms of how this whole thing works. Um, at our church, we have our lead pastor, who is our visionary. He directs where we're headed as New Point. Uh, just across the board. And then we have our campus pastor, and then we have our associate campus pastor. And so I'm kind of like three levels down in terms of how all that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and to to be real honest, we sat down, my campus pastor, Mark, and I sat down with uh, Carrie Newhoff not long ago and started talking about what this associate campus pastor thing looks like. Um, and it was funny because he said, you know, I think you fit into like a 2% margin in terms of ministry staff across the board. Like there are just not very many people in this role. Um, and so there's not a lot of people to look to and there's not, you know, it's a kind of a trend setting kind of role, I guess. Um, but there just aren't that many multi-site churches that have a campus that is as large as our campus is, uh, that feel the need for that associate campus pastor role as of yet. Uh, and so some of the advantages is that uh, being in the middle, as you phrase it, you know, being in this role, it gives me uh, a broad scope of the temperature of our team. Uh, and so I, I get to, from our lead pastor uh, to our lay volunteers, um, you know, I, I'm in meetings with our lead pastor, our campus pastor, our directive team, um, with other campus pastors, as well as uh, strategy meetings with different departments and then volunteer meetings as well. And so I get a really broad scope of just the temperature of our team in terms of, you know, how they're doing in terms of leadership, how we're doing uh, in terms of morale and then spiritual temperature as well, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you know, it, it lets me see the heart of our lead pastor and of our campus pastor. And then it lets me see um, all the way down to how that's being translated and literally how that vision is being fleshed out in terms of our volunteers. Um, so that's a pretty cool spot to be in there. Um, another advantage is that there's there's a comfort level from our team in terms of uh, when it comes to fleshing out 
ideas or even if there's conflict uh, because I'm in that middle spot. Sometimes I'm the guy that our team or specifically our staff team might come to if they're going, hey, I have this idea. I'm not sure I want to pitch it to the campus pastor yet. Mm-hmm. Can, I, can I just work this out with you? Um, and so I have kind of, you know, it's an, and it's sometimes an advantage, sometimes a disadvantage. Um, but at least for our staff, I get to be that middleman a little bit. And because they know I've been working closely with our campus pastor, I understand a little bit better his heart and vision for where our campus is going. They're going, hey, before I pop in and either waste his time or go way off the rails on this thing, mm-hmm. am I on the right track? Um, and so it's, it's a cool spot to be in there. Um, so you're a little bit of a safety net. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's a cool spot to be in uh, to do that because ultimately, you know, with that, um, I'm the safety net for the team, but also I get to add influence to some of the the large scale decisions that we make, um, and then with that same ability, I can both add influence and help the team execute those ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, whenever I'm that safety net, you know, a team member can come in and say, "Hey, I've got this idea for a ministry," or or how I want to lead my volunteers, what do you think about this? I not only get to help steer back toward vision and make sure that we're on the right path, I, I also get to ask the question, how do you need help? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I can kind of have my hands in, in both sides of that, um, and I can be where I'm needed with our team in this role. Uh, and that's new for me um, because this is the first time I've been in a ministry role where I'm not um, specifically planning towards Sunday, if that makes sense. Um, where, you know, I was a worship leader for, for many, many years. And so I was able to, to constantly be looking at the Sunday experience, weekend experience. And I had goals that were focused primarily there. So Mm -hmm. Sunday was always coming. Um, but it seems like in this new role, there's way less of, I'm planning for a service and way more of, I'm able to, to shepherd and care for our team. And ultimately I think that's the biggest advantage of leading in the middle, um, is that I get to serve both sides, um, I can serve our leaders in terms of our campus pastor and our lead pastor and, and helping them uh, flesh out vision um, and then also lead um, and serve our staff team and our volunteers who are literally doing it. I can help them. And so it, it's a unique role because I get to serve both. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. So you talk about advantages. Talk about some disadvantages that come. because. I know there's a lot of good things that come yeah. from leading in the middle. But yeah. There's also some bad things. Yeah, sure. Um, so there, there can be some bad things uh, from leading in the middle. Sometimes um, people like to think you have more authority than you do. Uh, so sometimes uh, I'll, I'll get a question that's looking for permission when I don't have that permission to give. Um, and so, you know, again, with being that safety net, there's also the filter that I, that I have to balance the tension of um, being uh, – I'm trying to think of the way to say it. Um, so ultimately, like there's some things that I have the freedom to make the call on uh, and there are other things that I don't. And I have to kind of default to, hey, that might that sounds like a great idea. You still have to go. Like I, I would still set up a meeting with our campus pastor to talk through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's sometimes that negative aspect of people look to me and they want an answer. And sometimes I'm not able to give the answer they're looking for. Um you know, because I can also be a safety net, but sometimes it can feel like, hey, let's see if Micah is a workaround. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's a tension to manage there. Uh, also, being in the middle, um, even though I get to serve both sides, it means that I get to serve both sides. And so <laughs> um, there's always something to do. And it's, you know, it's, it's wherever I'm needed, but typically someone always needs something. Um, 
and so it's been unique in this role recently. And, and again, I'm still pretty new to this role, um, but I, I've done work in family life and creative arts and adult ministries. Um, I mean, really just about every ministry that we have in our church since being in this role, I've filled in a gap for a spot there somewhere. Um, and so it's it's created um, a real sense of urgency for me to make sure that I'm balancing myself well, that I'm balancing time with my family well, um, because there's always something for me to do in this role. Mm-hmm. So, Gotcha. Well, the next thing we want to ask you is, how do you manage the tension between following directions from supervisors while also listening to feedback from your team or the people you report from or report to? Sure. Um, and, you know, with this one, uh, there's, I think here, there, there's always tension, um, but I think there's only negative tension here when there's a lack of clarity or a lack of trust. Um, and so what I mean with that is, you know, thankfully in my current role, I'm, I'm following a leader that it's easy to trust, um, both in my campus pastor and in my lead pastor. Um, and so when they call me or my team to a place of risk um, or something that might make us a little bit uncomfortable as a team, it's way easier for me to follow them because that trust and clarity is there. Um, but some of the things that I do um, to manage that is that I'll ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, I think it's better to ask questions early and to gain clarity um, than to get it wrong out of a sense of pride in that, hey, I'm you know the associate campus pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to know this. Um, and so I, I constantly ask questions. Um, and, you know, especially working with um, my supervisor being being a pastor who's very, very vision and dream oriented. Um, there's sometimes where I'll walk into a room and he's just dreaming and I'm trying to figure out, are we dreaming? Or are we going with this like December one? Um, like, is, is there a hard deadline on this? Or are we still in dream stage? And so I ask lots and lots and lots of questions um, because it helps me gain clarity. Um, and I had to get over that fear because there's a little bit of a fear of, Hey, I'm in this role. I'm supposed to have my craft together. Um, and mm-hmm. I had to balance that tension really quickly and get over that fear of looking like I don't know to make sure that I do know. Um, so again, you know, just making sure that I have that clarity and instead of getting it wrong, honestly, out of pride. Um, and you know, when I'm clear on vision and direction, uh, when it comes to, again, leading in the middle, um, I can also echo the heart of our leader to our team. Um, and so that's a tension I can manage. If I have that clarity, if I have that trust, if I make sure that I ask those questions well, um, then I'm able to to kind of balance that a little bit better. Let me ask you a, uh, a question. Talk yeah. about like echoing um, the leader's uh, like vision. Yeah. How important do you think that is for people not just to hear it from, you know, the primary leader for lack of a better term, but also from you, the campus, the associate campus pastor? I, I think it's huge. Um, and honestly, I think being able to see and hear that vision, um, because there, there's a lot of times when, and, uh, you know, I'm sure that, We've all, especially if we're in church world, we have been in meetings like this where we're around the table with a really passionate visionary leader and we walk out of the room and everybody's smiling, you know, or at the table, everybody's smiling. They're happy. Like, yeah, this is cool. Big vision. Great. And then we walk out of the room and everybody is like, what the crap are we doing? Like, how in the world are we going to pull this off? Is this guy crazy? Like, you know, it's like when all the real conversation comes out, Mm -hmm. um, and, and so I think if I can come to the table continually echoing the leader's heart and echoing that vision and then buying in on the front end, um, and that, that's a ten, big tension to manage in leading from the middle because um, while some of the staff that might be uh, 
that I might be leading are looking to me to say, hey, do you think this is as crazy as we do? Um, and they're kind of looking for that sense of validation. And ultimately, the, the way that I can either grab hold of vision or let go of vision could honestly, it can rest. I mean, it can fall based on how I perceive that um, and how I exemplify that, uh, that vision in, in my own life and the way that I'm leading. Um, but, you know, I, I think with that, being able to walk, again, ask loads of questions that helps manage that tension, um, making sure that I'm really crystal clear. And th there are some days there's a great uh, thing that Louis Giglio said one time when it comes to leadership and um, setting the temperature for your team. Uh, he said, you know, oftentimes on a Sunday morning he would come in there and there were some days when he didn't want to be there. You know, and we've probably all woken up one morning and just felt like, man, I just, I don't, I'm tired. There's a long weekend. My kids were up all night, you know, what, whatever that is. I don't feel like leading today. Um, and he says, you know, as leaders, unfortunately, we don't get the luxury of not leading. Um, and so whenever we're coming in and we're asking our team to give loads of energy, it's sometimes the best way to be a leader is to lead through the fact that you don't want to lead um, and to be able to set that bar and set that temperature early. And so even if there's uh, a vision or direction that I don't have complete clarity or honestly, if I'm not even completely bought in on, it's still my responsibility um, because one, and we'll talk about it, I think a little bit later, but one of my key responsibilities is to support my campus pastor in all things and to support my lead pastor in all things, as long as they're focused on Jesus. And that's, you know, we're heading that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a big part of that is, Hey, I champion their vision, even if I have questions and even if I'm not completely clear, and then I'd better make sure that I go circle back around and get that clarity. Yeah. It's a little bit of what, you know, Andy Stanley talks about, you know, publicly, be a raving fan right. while privately asking those questions of like, okay, I'm not sure I understand this. Not yeah. sure I buy all of this. Right. And, you know, and there is that tension of um, going back and, and pushing back to the leader and saying, hey, uh, you know, if staff has questions or they're going, hey, you know, I'm not sure about this. Are, are they crazy? Um, part of my responsibility is to still point to them and say, hey, maybe so. They're still the leader. Uh, we're we're here to help follow them and help fulfill that vision and mission. Um, you know, I think about John the Baptist in Luke, uh, where you know people are coming to him saying, "Hey," uh, and it's in Luke three, where they're looking and saying, "Hey, you know, who, who let's follow you? We want to be baptized by you. We want to follow you." And, and he says, "Wait, wait, wait! No, it's it's not about me. There's one coming that I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes." <laughs> and so John, from the get go, you know, he's gathering all these people. They're starting to follow him. And he really quickly says, hey, wait a minute, I'm not the guy. And I mean, he had an option here. He had the option to go, oh, you know what? Yeah, follow me. I, I mean, there's people here. Obviously, I've got this thing going. I'm a little bit crazy. I've got like the locust and honey thing going on. I'm a little weird. Um, but he's very quick to point back to the leader. Say, hey, remember, this is not about me. It's not about my vision. It's about the one that's coming. And uh, I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. Um, and so John understands the privilege and the weight that he carries and he's carrying that vision, um, but also understands the privilege in that spot of being a leader, leading from the middle um, mm -hmm. and saying, hey, this is what's going on. But ultimately, it's not about me. It's not about my vision. It's about Jesus. Um, and in the same way, there's often times where I felt like that in the associate role where I'm looking to our lead pastor and our, our lead pastor and our campus pastor and going, hey. I've got, I mean, I've got plans, I've got dreams, I'd, I'd love to do this, 
But if it doesn't line up with our vision, if it doesn't line up with our values, and it's not where the heart of my leader is heading, then I need to be able to step back and say, wait a minute, guys, it's not about me. It's about this vision in the heart of our leader. Mm -hmm. um, and I, th I think, again, if you have that clarity and you have that trust uh, from your leader on the front end, that makes it so much easier. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. Um, but, uh, you know, typically I'm, I'm really thankful that it, it, that is the case for me in this role. Mm -hmm. so. so the next question we want to ask is, how do you manage, or sorry, is there a tension of feeling irrelevant in this role? Um, I think there, there can be when I lose focus on my purpose. Um, and I talked about this a little bit, but, you know, my purpose both in this role and as a Christ follower is to lead through serving. Um, you know, I think that's the example that Jesus sets for us. And that's actually really good for me because I have a tendency to be selfish and to want to lead and to want to step in and, and do my own thing and do my own, uh, have my own plan. And so this role really helps me. Honestly, it helps me keep my heart in check. Um, because as an associate, I, I have basically four main things that I do. And the first uh, is to lift the arms of my campus pastor. And, and I say lift the arms. That comes out of Exodus 17, um, where the Israelites are fighting this battle against uh, Amalek. And uh, Moses, you know, basically this thing happens where Moses is holding out his staff. And it's as long as he holds out his staff, the Israelites are winning in this battle. Uh, but he gets tired. His, his arms are getting tired. And so then he has um, Aaron and her run up. Uh, and they they give him a rock to sit on, and they literally hold Moses' arms up so the Israelites can win the battle. And I see a big part of my role as coming underneath our campus pastor, and whenever uh, his arms are weak, uh, whenever our lead pastor's arms are weak, a big part of my job is to be the guy that lifts their arms. Um, and so I see that as, as one of the four main things that I do. Um, and then the second is to gauge the spiritual temperature of our staff. Um, and with that, there's, there's sometimes because our campus pastor is setting vision, he's leading, he's doing that type of stuff. There's a lot of times when I, a big part of me is to kind of get the gauge on how is the team? Um, mm -hmm. how are they doing spiritually? How are they doing emotionally? How are they doing physically? Are we getting ready to run into a really busy season with a team that's taxed and exhausted and tired? Do they need a break? How are they feeling? Um, and so there's a little bit of that where I can help gauge the pulse or the temperature of our team. Um, as well as the you know third thing is kind of help carry out again that vision of our campus pastor to to carry out the goals and the priorities that he sets, um, and you know this this is something that honestly it, it kind of used to bother me a little bit um, that it's a but I think God has uniquely gifted me and strategically placed me for this purpose because I, I used to look at the goals and priorities and and help kind of wherever was needed type aspect of this and feel like it was unfocused. Um, and honestly, I, I, you know, it, it was one of those things where I've heard often, Hey, Micah, you're, you know, Jack of all trades. Like I can stick you here. I can put you here. I've done the worship leader thing. I've done student ministry. I'm now doing, you know, some adult ministry stuff with the associate campus pastor. And it's not all about, it's not, you know, about me, but I do think that God has given me various gifts in multiple areas. Um, so now in this role where a lot of it is, Hey, we need Micah here for this season. We need Micah here for this season to help kind of bring us up, give us some health, you know, shot in the arm, whatever that looks like. Um, and so there's, there's some spots there where as an associate, as in leading from the middle and being in this spot, um, it can be easy to feel irrelevant because you feel like, man, I just, I need one thing to focus on, you know, with, with the worship leader, 
I'm focusing on creative arts aspect, leading worship every Sunday. It's my rhythm. It's my go-to. I do it all the time, all the time, all the time. Um, even with student ministry, my focus is students. I'm working with students. I'm helping develop students. Like they're my focus. And with the associate role, at least so far, you know, there's times when it can be I'm focused on family ministry. I'm focused in creative arts. I'm focused in adult ministry. I'm focused on event programming or service programming or small groups. And and so because there's that flexibility and there's that broad spectrum, um, I, I think honestly it lines up a lot with the gifts that God has given me in ways that I didn't even realize that I was gifted in the first place. Um, and then it took you know really some time, and I think it got it took God putting me strategically in this place for me to realize, wait, this whole time you've been crafting some, some unique things here and I'm able to fill this role in a way that, you know, God wants me to do it. So it's pretty cool. Cool. I want to go back to what you said where you're like your four responsibilities. Sure. As a associate campus pastor, did you and Mark like sit down and work through those together? Or is that something that you just created on your own? That's something that I came through on my own. Um, you know, I mean, the there's my basic job description, um, which is ultimately it looks exactly the same as a campus pastor, and then it's other duties is assigned. It's it's really I, I get to be Mark, um, our campus pastor. If really the the biggest need for me is that um, we've grown to a point where Mark can't touch all the walls anymore. And he can't lead everybody and he can't pastor everybody, specifically even in terms of our staff. Our staff is a fairly large staff. And, and so we're just trying to make sure, hey, are we leading our teams well? And so this is a big part of my role where it's if Mark wishes he could be two places at once, he sends me to one of those places. Like mm-hmm. I kind of end up being that way. And so there was some of that that we fleshed out early on in terms of just, you know, the, the nine to five, Monday through Friday, you know, work week. Um but specifically, some of these other ones are ones that I came up with um, just as I was I was going through and I'm praying through the position because, honestly, when I first started, I felt like I didn't have focus. And I felt like, honestly, I'd wrestled with that tension of being a little bit of a little bit irrelevant. And I'm going, so what exactly do I do? How, mm-hmm. Where do I go? Because I was so used to having a really clear focus, like laser focus directive for every single Sunday. And so again, moving into a role where there's not, even though I'm, I'm still responsible for what happens in the weekend, um, I'm still very much a part of what happens on Sunday mornings. Um, that can come up, come about in many, many different ways. And mm-hmm. so I felt really early on, I've got to get something on paper that when I walk in the door in a moment when I feel irrelevant, when I feel unfocused, I can say, no, 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 wait, this is why you're here. Um, and it helps me kind of redirect myself. Yeah, it's creating that clarity that you were talking about earlier. Right. So another question I want to ask you is, so there's this tension between in the middle, you know, leading up versus leading down. Mm -hmm. What do you think a leader should spend more time doing? Should they spend more time leading up or should they spend more time leading down? Yeah. You know, honestly, I think this depends uh, sometimes on the season you're in. Um, Because especially in leading from the middle, there's sometimes um, when I can help lead up to my campus pastor and helping him to understand you know, maybe where our team is in terms of that temperature aspect of it, um, or adding uh, some influence to the vision that he's bringing to the table and, and adding my voice to that. And I can lead up in that sense. There are seasons when that's needed. Um, but then there are also other seasons where it's more needed for me to carry the vision or help walk our team through a time that's a really busy season or a time of change or a time of risk. Um, and so again, it's, it's, it's a both and. Mm-hmm. It's yes, there are times when you need to lead up more, um, you know, there are moments when I need to lift arms 
and I may be needing to lead up a little bit more um, so that our campus pastor can can rest a little bit um, and be secure in the fact that he has a team that's got his back. Um, but then there are other seasons where, you know, we're, we're getting ready to walk into, uh, we're actually doing this at our campus right now, we're getting ready to walk into a new season where we're launching an early weekend service on Thursday nights. And that's, you know, it's more time for our team. It's more resources. It's more volunteer training. It's, I mean, it's just the gamut of, hey, we're asking another thing of our team. And so one of the things that I'm doing right now is making sure that I'm constantly casting vision for remember why we're doing this. And then also getting that gauge on, hey, how is the team doing? How are you doing on recruiting volunteers? How can I help? Um, and that's honestly the, probably the biggest question that I end up asking our team is how can I help? Um, and that, I think that's, that's a great question to ask in terms of leading up and leading down because that unearths some things. Because uh, you can say, hey, how you doing? And people go, oh, I'm good. You know, I've got, you know, whatever. They give you, you know, I'm an eight out of, eight out of 10 or a nine out of 10 or whatever. I'm, I'm cruising. I'm feeling great. But when you ask that question of how can I help, it opens up that spot of vulnerability and opens up that spot of need where they're going, man, I, I really need a sixth grade guy, small group leader. Do you know anybody? Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts to unearth some of those questions. And the same thing with our, in leading up. There's moments where I go, hey, you know, Mark, how's it going? And he's, oh, I'm doing good. I'm planning this. I'm thinking about this. And he starts running down the list of things that he's doing. Uh, but if I say, how can I help? It's a different question. And it produces a different uh, heartbeat for where that team is and where he is as a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so asking that question, what can I do to help? That's a great way to, you know, to practically yeah. say, hey, here's how you can lead up. Here's how you can lead down. Yeah. What would you say or maybe like one or two other ways that someone could lead up or even lead down? Sure. You know, in, in terms of leading up, um, I think there's, you know, really kind of two words. Um, you have to have a humble confidence in leading up. Um, because they're, you know, and, uh, and you have to be, you have to be ready to submit, um, when you have to lead up, um, even if you don't, if your leader doesn't agree. So there's times when I might lead up and say, Hey Mark, you know, I really think we need to take a, you know, a pause button on this or, you know, I caution us for going this direction. Or what do you think about this? And it's maybe contrary to where his initial vision is going. And there's times when he can look at me and say, Hey, thanks so much for that. I appreciate it. We're still going to plow through. Um, and so in that spot, I have to be okay submitting to my leader, uh, going in with a humble confidence. Hey, this is, this is my opinion. This is where I think we are. If I'm looking outside in, I'm bringing my best to the table because I want to help us win. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I have to be okay submitting to my leader saying, Hey, you know, again, it's not about me. And, um, you know, I think about that. I think of Jesus, you know, going to the cross and I'm not saying I'm Jesus or, <laughs> or anything like that. Um, but there's that spot when, you know, he's in the garden and, he look, and he's praying and he says, God, is there any other way that we can do this? Like we're heading to the cross. I know what's coming up. I know where we're headed. Is there a better way? Is there another way? But it's not about me. If you want to do this, it's your will. I'll do it. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll walk through this. I'll go to the cross to the point of death. Um, if this is the way that it needs to go. But if there's any other way. And so I think we, you know, there's a little bit of that where it's that humble confidence. Jesus is coming to his father and he's saying, hey, you know, again, it's not me. It's your will. I trust you. I humbly submit to your authority. But if there's another way, it would sure be great, you know. Um, and, and so, you know, thankfully, you know, he, he submitted to the will of his father. He submitted to the will of his leader. Um, so that, there's that humble confidence in terms of leading up. Um, in terms of leading down, 
uh, you know, again, it's it's reiterating vision and mission, and then I think it's also equipping your team to lead. Um, and when I say what I'm what I mean when I say that is that I think there's times that um, in leading from the middle, I can help establish some goals and timelines, and then I get out of the way, and I let the team function as a team. Um, I have to be careful to not in the middle be the guy that's the micromanager and feel like I have to know everything. Because there's a little bit of a tension there in leading from the middle where you feel like you have to know everything that's going on above and you have to know everything that's going on below. And the truth is you just don't. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have to be able to look at um, what's going on um, with your team, look at the goals and priorities and the timelines and make sure you can help assist and make sure you can follow through. You can guide as needed. Um, But in leading down, a lot of times it's, hey, remember the why, remember the vision, help focus. Um, in fact, I sat down with a team member today and he had some incredible ideas about ministry and where he wanted to head and he laid this whole big plan out for me. Um, and then I sat back down and I said, but, but wait, this isn't what you're supposed to focus on in this season. Like this stuff is great. It's awesome. Like let's write it down in a journal and let's revisit it two months from now. But right now you've got to focus on this. Um, and so there's a lot of that in terms of leading down or sometimes in leading from the middle, the best thing that you can do is realign. Um, and really bring everybody back to, hey, make sure we're on track with where we started. Mm-hmm. Um, because typically what happens, especially if you enter into a slow season of ministry um, you, or you hit a spot in your department where you feel like everything is going well, it's easy uh, to start dreaming and ignore the care and the growth of where you are. You get bored honestly, especially if you're a visionary leader and you always are looking for the next thing and you get excited and passionate about the next big thing. Um, it's easy to forget, wait a minute, we got to take care of the big thing that we've, we started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's sometimes in leading from the middle where it's taking our team and saying, Hey, cause we have an incredible, incredible staff team and they're all big, big dreamers and they love the ministries that they lead, which is awesome. Um, but there's sometimes you just have to sit back down and go, Hey, remember, focus like or it's a this is an awesome idea let's table it for a second and then come back around to helping them realize and reach that uh, that vision that Mm -hmm. our leaders have set up for us so so in a large part it goes back to what you said at the beginning clarity and trust it really does like it it, yeah i think i think if you can establish those things early on um where you're you're crystal clear on vision um and direction you've got that clarity in terms of where you're heading it's easy in terms of leading up because I've got the clarity there. I know what I can speak into and sometimes what I just need to say, okay, I just trust. Um, and if I trust and I'm clear, I don't typically have any problems in leading up. Um, if I'm giving lots of clarity and my, I'm establishing trust with my team, there's really never any issues with leading down. Um, the negative tensions come when clarity gets muddy and when trust doesn't exist. I always enjoy um, my conversations with Micah because I always feel like I learn a ton walking away from some of those meetings. And that's great for you guys is because we have show notes available. So if you missed anything from the episode, feel free to look those up. And on the next episode of our podcast, we're going to be talking about creativity. And the best way to make sure that you don't miss our next episode is subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and through Stitcher. And while you're at it, leave a rating and write a review of the podcast on iTunes. It's the best way for us to expand this conversation so that we can continue to learn from one another. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing. Keep growing.